Today is March 3rd, and this is the Reading Through the Bible Together podcast. We're going to jump in today with our Old Testament reading. We're going to finish up the book of Leviticus, starting with chapter 27, verse 14. And we'll begin the book of Numbers uh, through chapter 1, verse 54. This is the New Living Translation, beginning in Leviticus chapter 27, verse 14. If someone dedicates a house to the Lord, the priest will come to assess its value. The priest's assessment will be final, whether high or low. If the person who dedicated the house wants to buy it back, he must pay the value set by the priest plus 20%, then the house will again be his. If someone dedicates to the Lord a piece of his family property, its value will be assessed according to the amount of the seed required to plant it. 50 shekels of silver for a field planted with 5 bushels of barley seed. If the field is dedicated to the Lord in the year of Jubilee, then the entire assembly, the entire assessment will apply. But if the field is dedicated after the year of Jubilee, the priest will assess the land's value in proportion to the number of years left on it until the next year of Jubilee. It is Its assessed value is reduced each year. If the person who dedicated the field wants to buy it back, he must pay the value set by the priest plus 20%. Then the field will again be legally his. But if he does not want to buy it back and it is sold to someone else, the field can no longer be brought back. When the field is released in the year of Jubilee, it will be holy, a field specifically set apart for the Lord. It will become the property of the priest. If someone dedicates to the Lord a field he has purchased, but which is not part of his family property, the priest will assess its value based on the number of years left until the next year of Jubilee. On that day, he must give the addressed value of the land as a sacred donation to the Lord. In the year of Jubilee, the field must be returned to the person from whom he purchased it, the one who inherited it as family property. All the payments must be measured by the weight of the sanctuary shekel, which equals 20 gerez. You may not dedicate a firstborn animal to the Lord, for the firstborn of your cattle, sheep, and goats already belong to him. However, you may buy back the firstborn of a ceremonially unclean animal by paying the priest's assessment of its worth, plus 20%. If you do not buy it back, the priest will sell at its assessed value. However, anything specially set apart for the Lord, whether a person, an animal, or family property, must never be sold or bought back. Anything devoted in this way has been set apart as holy, and it belongs to the Lord. No person specifically set apart for destruction may be bought back. Such a person must be put to death. One-tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain from the fields or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord and must be set apart to him as holy. If you want to buy back the Lord's tenth of grain or fruit, you must pay its value, plus 20%. Cut off every tenth animal from your herds and flocks and set them apart for the Lord is holy. You may not pick and choose between good and bad animals, and you may not substitute one for another. But if you do exchange one animal for another, then both the original animal and its substitute will be considered holy and cannot be bought back. These are the commands that the Lord gave through Moses on Mount Sinai for the Israelites. And pat yourself on the back, you survived Leviticus. Yes, and that leads us into the book of Numbers, which is another book that is a, uh, a killer when it comes to people trying to read through the Bible in one year. So stick with me through this book. And I would encourage you on books like this, uh, Leviticus, Numbers, First and Second Chronicles, other books like that. Uh, take some time and get a good study Bible. Uh, get a good Jewish study Bible uh, where you can really learn about some of these things or, or listen to a sermon series on them. So as we go through Leviticus, find a sermon series to, to listen and uh, really study so that these words come to life to you because there's some really powerful things in here um, that I can't obviously cover on 
uh, One Year Bible Podcast. Uh, my church, Ascent Church, actually uh, preached through Leviticus, so that might be something for you. And you can find uh, other sermons on Numbers and, and other series uh, that will help you understand uh, some of the power behind some of these things that maybe we would just read over because we are so disconnected from the context and the culture. Now, with that said, let's begin the book of Numbers. Chapter 1, verse 1. A year after Israel's departure from Egypt, the Lord spoke to Moses in the tabernacle in the wilderness of Sinai. On the first day of the second month of that year, he said, From the whole community of Israel, record the names of all the warriors by their clans and families. List all the men, 20 years or older, who are able to go to war. You and Aaron must register the troops, and you will be assisted by one family leader from each tribe. These are the tribes and the names of the leaders who will assist you. And now we are going to begin the numbering. So on the left side of the category, we have tribe. That's what I'll read first. And then I'll read the name of the leader of the tribe. So here we go. Tribe is Reuben, Elizier, son of Shadur, Simeon, Shemil, son of Zidir, Judah, Nahan, son of Amenadab, Issachar, Nathaniel, son of Zinur, Zebulon, Elib, son of Helon, Ephraim, son of Joseph, Elisha, son of Amenadab, Manasseh, son of Joseph, Gileam, son of Pedizer, Benjamin, Adian, son of Gideon, Dan, Ahizar, son of Aminishadab, Asher, Pagiel, son of Okran, Gad, Elisiphath, son of Deul, Nephetali, Ahior, son of Enan. These are the chosen leaders of the community, the leaders of their ancestral tribes, the heads of the clans of Israel. So Moses and Aaron called together these chosen leaders. And they assembled the whole community of Israel on that very day. All the people were registered according to their ancestry by their clans and families. The men of Israel who were 20 years old or older were listed one by one, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. So Moses recorded their names in the wilderness of Sinai. This is the number of men 20 years or older who were able to go to war as their names were listed in the records of their clans and families. So in this uh, chart we have tribe on the left and the number on the right so tribe of reuben jacob's oldest son number forty-six thousand five hundred. tribe simeon number fifty-nine thousand three hundred. tribe gad number forty-five thousand six hundred fifty. tribe judah number seventy-four thousand six hundred. tribe issachar number fifty-four thousand four hundred. tribe zebulun number fifty-seven thousand four hundred. Tribe Ephraim, son of Joseph, number 40,500. Tribe Manasseh, son of Joseph, number 32,200. Tribe Benjamin, number 35,400. Tribe Dan, number 62,700. Tribe Asher, number 41,500. Tribe Nephitali, number 53,400. These were the men registered by Moses and Aaron and the 12 leaders of Israel, all listed according to their ancestral descent. They were registered by families, all the men of Israel who were 20 years old or older and able to go to war. The total number was 603,550, but this total did not include the Levites. For the Lord had said to Moses, do not include the tribe of Levi in the registration. Do not count them with the rest of the Israelites. Put the Levites in charge of the tabernacle of the covenant along with all its furnishings and equipment. They must carry the tabernacle and all its furnishings as you travel, and they must take care of it and camp around it. Whenever it is time for the tabernacle to move, the Levites will take it down, and when it is time to stop, they will set it up again. But any unauthorized person who goes too near the tabernacle must be put to death. Each tribe of Israel will camp in a designated area with its own family banner, but the Levites will camp 
around the tabernacle of the covenant to protect the community of Israel from the Lord's anger. The Levites are responsible to stand guard around the tabernacle. So the Israelites did everything just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Now moving into the New Testament, Mark chapter 11, verses 1 through 25. Again, reading out of the New Living Translation, this is Mark chapter 11, verse 1. As Jesus and his disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the towns of Bethpage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Go into that village over there, he told them. As soon as you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks, what are you doing? Just say, the Lord needs it and will return it soon. The two disciples left and found the colt standing in the street, tied outside the front door. As they were untying it, some bystanders demanded, what are you doing untying that colt? They said what Jesus had told them to say, and they were permitted to take it. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their garments over it, and he sat on it. Many in the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others spread leafy branches they had cut in the fields. Jesus was in the center of the procession, and the people all around him were shouting, Praise God! Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord! Blessings on the coming kingdom of our ancestor David! Praise God in the highest heaven! So Jesus came to Jerusalem and went into the temple. After looking around carefully at everything, he left because it was late in the afternoon. Then he returned to Bethany with the twelve disciples. The next morning, as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. He noticed a fig tree in full leaf a little way off. So he went over to see if he could find any figs. But there were only leaves because it was too early in the season for fruit. Then Jesus said to the tree, May no one ever eat your fruit again. And the disciples heard him say it. When they arrived back in Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out the people buying and selling animals for sacrifices. He knocked over the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves. And then he stopped everyone from using the temple as a marketplace. He said to them, The scriptures declare my temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. When the leading priests and teachers of religious law heard what Jesus had done, they began planning on how to kill him. But they were afraid of him because the people were so amazed at his teaching. That evening, Jesus and the disciples left the city. The next morning, as they passed by the fig tree he had cursed, the disciples noticed it had withered from the roots up. Peter remembered what Jesus had said to the tree on the previous day and exclaimed, Look, Rabbi, the fig tree you cursed has withered and died. Then Jesus said to the disciples, Have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, May you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, when you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you have received it, it will be yours. But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. And finally, uh, we will be reading our Proverbs of the day, Proverbs 10, 23. Actually, not finally, we have a psalm after this. Uh, but our proverb of the day is 10:23, and it says this, Doing wrong is fun for a fool, but living wisely brings pleasure to the sensible. I don't know why I'm rushing a good thing, because now we have our psalm. Psalm 46, and we will be reading it in a posture of prayer. This is the 46th psalm. It's a bit longer, so I'll just read the whole thing and pray at the end. But I would encourage you to pray throughout. For the choir director, a song of the descendants of Korah to be sung by soprano voices. And praise God for you, I will not be singing this psalm, I will just read it. Beginning in verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come, and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. Interlude. A river brings joy to the city of our God, the sacred home of the Most High. 
God dwells in that city and it cannot be destroyed. From the very break of day, God will protect it. The nations are in chaos and their kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders and the earth melts. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Interlude. Come see the glorious works of the Lord. See how he brings destruction upon the world. He causes wars to end throughout the earth. He breaks the bow and snaps the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Interlude. Father, thank you that you are with us. Thank you, Lord, that through Jesus you are our fortress from sin and from the effects of sin. Thank you that in you and you alone we have life that is eternal. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining me for today's reading and hope to see you back here tomorrow, friends, as we continue our journey reading through the Bible together.